Today, when we hear the Word of God, you know, the couple different places there is that. We see Isaiah. We're going to be going back to these, Isaiah 45, Matthew 22, and Thessalonians 1, when Thessalonians 1. They're the readings for today's gospel. I mean, the readings that the church has used for us, and they bring a couple things together. One, that God is the God of the universe in charge of all things. Two, that he has chosen us. And three, everything belongs to him. The three things we're going to focus on. First of all, that God is God, the creator of the universe. He's in charge of all things. We do find that in Isaiah 45. It begins in 44. But he's using a man named Cyrus. Cyrus was a pagan who God would use as the agent of deliverance to the people of Israel. And he says that he had chosen him. Huh? You know, if you go to 45.1, thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus. Cyrus did not know God. He was a pagan king. But God would use him to be a savior to the Israelites, whom the right hand I grasp of doing nations before him and making him run, kings run in their service, opening the doors. I will give in verse 3 your treasures out of darkness, da 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 Though you may not know that I am the Lord, verse 3, you see that? Though you do not know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. So God, who is in charge of all things, is even in charge of the pagans. You know, sometimes in dealing with everyday life, you know, I think when it comes down to it, and I've said it before, my greatest sin is the wanting to control things. And when I get most frustrated and most angry and most blah, it's because when I feel like I'm losing control, when I feel like I'm losing control of my time, which is so rare, <laughs> when I feel encrampments against it, I'm thinking, Lord, do you know anything here right now? Don't you know I'm going out of my mind? I had a meeting with the bishop on Thursday. Hmm. We won't say anything about it. Hmm. <laughs> you know what happened after an hour and 15 minutes with the bishop? Nothing! That's <laughs> what it is. So I spent all this time wanting to get things done and having a vision and what we're we going to do. And okay, Bishop, I'm trusting in you. And I get nothing. Frustration. That's what happens, huh? And then I come home and I have two weddings this weekend. And then I'm thinking, okay, I got some time. You know, I only get uh, Friday and Saturday. You're supposed to be Friday after school to Saturday is my day off, right? <sighs> well, never is what happens. Two weddings, I get a call, one of, uh, you know, and it's so, when you feel totally out of control of everything. One of my kids went and got a car accident, got scalped, his jaw broken, so I get called to the hospital for that. Another one who I married a couple of years ago, she's having her second baby. They go in the, she's not due to February, she goes into labor now. They say the baby's going to die, and they call me to go in and wait for the baby to be born. Total, total out of control, out of everything. And every time I'd come home for a few minutes, the phone would ring, and I'd go, ugh, totally out of control, even of the little bit of time and the frustration. And so when you get that, what the problem is, of course, with me is wanting to be God of my own life, saying, Lord, you don't know. You don't have the full picture. I do, and you know what I'm telling you, God? I want time. You ever feel like that? Hmm, I think most of us do. But what it got to happen, though, is we got to make an act of trust that, God, you are in charge. You can see the whole picture. 
Lord, everything, you're in control, even of the pagans, because I sit there and think that sometimes God, okay, God's in control of the Christians, he's in control of my life, but these other people don't know him are getting in the way of his will. You do realize that's impossible. Nothing gets in the way of God's will. God has a plan. He can see tomorrow. He can see next year. He can see God has a plan. And God will even use the pagans to bring forth this plan. And so he sits there and he says, Even to Cyrus, I have chosen you. Now go to the uh, reading from 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he starts, I mean, in verse 4, chapter 1, verse 4, we know too, brothers, beloved of God, how you were chosen. I got to talk this week to a friend of mine at school. And we were talking, we were talking about a priest who used to just sit there and use to him. And in spite of all the sinfulness of ourselves and our hearts, in spite of all the lack of control, we can always go back to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 16 says what? You did not choose me. I chose you. And that sometimes that's to be the words we hear to give comfort to our hearts. John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me. Sometimes I think, again, I want to be in control, huh? I am a Christian because I wanted to be. Huh? God decided, I decided, I did God a favor many years ago, don't you know? Uh, Eleven years ago, Friday, I was ordained a deacon. And this past, as, oh, God, you see, I became a celibate for you. Aren't you ecstatic for what I did for you? You did not choose me. I chose you. Even in the midst of our sinfulness, if you ever feel particularly sinful and particularly unworthy, remember, he chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you in spite of your weakness, in spite of your sinfulness, in spite of your temper, in spite of your pride, in spite of your wanting it your own way, he chose you for him. Why does he do it? Because he loves us. In spite of us. And we need to sit there and hear that. That the God of the universe, who is in control of all things from the beginning of time to the end of time, in his infinite wisdom, he has chosen each of us to be his followers. And that's an awesome thing because most of the world, if you do realize, right, only 32% of the world is Christian. Only 32%. The God of the universe, who is only one God, has chosen you to be one of his followers. What an awesome God. And what great hope that should give each of us that he is in charge of everything, and yet he's chosen you and I to be his followers in spite of myself. And now we go to the gospel. And that gospel has always been one of those things. You know, I hear it, you know, it's, <laughs> people like to use this as the separation of church and state, don't they? The gospel today being, of course, chapter 22 of Matthew, verses 15 and following. And here in 15 and following, there, first of all, people love to try to trip up Jesus, right? They're going to trip him up. They're going to show him and Jesus knows he's not stupid, he's God. And so he says, why are you trying to trip me up? And he says, give me that coin. Whose head is on this coin? They said, Caesar's. Well, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But then there's the word, but. But give to God what is God's. And if we listen to what I just said in the first two things, 
What belongs to God? Everything. Everything. When it comes down to it, there is nothing that does not belong to God. Absolutely nothing. As I went with, I talked a few weeks ago with the bishop, and I told you about it already. Bishop Murphy, as we were talking, says to me and my classmates, everything, all reality is revelation. All reality is revelation. That everything reveals to us who God is. We don't have some things that are holy. Okay, well, everything is holy in God. God is the creator of all things. And what happens is sometimes, especially with Catholics, we think we do holy things in church and we do profane things or regular natural things outside the church. Well, no, that can never happen because God is not just here. Where is he? Everywhere, and most especially for a Christian, where is he? Here. So no matter where we are, we take the church. We take Jesus because we are the place where God chooses to dwell, as we've talked a thousand times, by virtue of our baptism. So no matter where we are is a place of holiness because we are the holy chosen people of God and we bring forth God to no matter where we're at. So if you and I have different things or different postures or different faces depending on where we're at, that's what we call hypocrisy. That we got to be the way we are no matter where we are. Huh? You know, that's, some people go crazy with me. I'm this way when I'm before God and I'm yelling and screaming at people and I'm yelling and screaming at kids and I'm jumping up and down frustrated. What you see is what you get with Father Larry. There's nothing else. You know, some people like it, some people don't. But this is me, sorry. And no matter where I am, God is. He uses everybody for his will. Sorry. Sometimes we think, Father Larry doesn't cooperate fully with the will of God, does he? That's right, that's called sin. But will God still use Father Larry? Yeah, isn't that amazing <laughs> what God can do? And that's okay. Each of us do. He's the creator of all. He has chosen you. He's chosen me. And everything belongs to him. And nothing is separated from God. And if we can sit there and start living our lives in this way, then life takes on meaning. There's no accidents. I know that he is in charge. And what you and I need to do is two things. Surrender and trust. Surrender and trust. Every day, in every situation, Lord, you've chosen me. You are the God of all creation. There's nothing outside of you. So I surrender now to your will, and I trust in your love. I surrender now to your will, and I trust in your love. That's all we can do. We're not in control. He is. But he loves us more than we'll ever love ourselves. And when we're confronted with all that, the way we answer is, I surrender to your will, and I trust in your love. You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.